HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hi there, Greenhorns. This is Severin. This is Greenhorns Radio, uh, brought to you once again by Heritage Radio Network. And now we're even syndicated on another, uh, at least one, and I think almost, I think two different channels. So um, the word is spreading about all this young farmer activity, and, uh, and we're very happy about it. And I'm very happy to be joined today uh, by uh, Samuel Carlin up in Elk, California. Are you there? I am. Hi, Severin. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for being here. I, um, I'm actually not that far away from you. I'm in Golden Vineyard in uh, Redwood Valley, California, and it's the middle of a grape harvest, and it's a glorious day. It is here on the coast, too, uh, just over the hills. Um, great. Now let's talk about where you are um, in the world and what the climate is there and, and why you're, what are you doing there? Um, well, I'm working on a small organic and biodynamic certified farm that's in uh, quite the transition right now. The current farmer, Kermit, who's been farming here for the last generation, is looking to retire and move on and pass it on, hopefully, to me um, as a young farmer. And try, I'm trying to build off the momentum of young farmers across the country and in the local area here to be able to do so. And will you mind describing that operation uh, in brief and your history at the property? Totally. Uh, I started here as an apprentice a couple years ago, not knowing a whole lot about agriculture. Uh, I was doing political advocacy in D.C. and around um, the country, mostly um, focused on energy policy, but kind of realized through that that my passion was in food and food politics and decided to leave the political bubble of Washington, D.C. and landed out here in California um, where I got connected with this farm. And we are a 45-acre um, vegetable and flower-producing farm um, just on the coast of, or on the coast in Mendocino. And we pr- provide food for three farmer's markets, a grocery store, and a number of local restaurants um, at the moment, but are looking to expand into a CSA operation and, and additional farmer's markets into the future with the, all the buzz around here um, with the support of the farmer's market and so forth. Um, let's talk about your, your place in the region. Um, Elk, California is kind of remote. Um, can, you put that into, can you put that into perspective? Um, for us in terms of your distance to market and um, 
and what the local community can absorb um, percentage-wise of your produce? Absolutely, absolutely. It's definitely one of our greatest challenges out here. Uh, we are a community of about 400 families uh, here in Elk, and we don't have our own farmer's markets. We have some inn and some tourist activity where we're able to provide some food to the local, uh, immediate local uh, economy. But most of our uh, food, we travel um, to uh, between an hour and an hour and a half away to farmer's markets and other markets. Uh, <coughs> but um, there's a great consciousness here around local food and sustainability, and there's ample markets for anything that we can produce. Um, we have wonderful, wonderful support from Harvest Market, a local grocer that will buy any excess or abundance food that we have at a fair price. Um, so that security is wonderful um, for us and for other local producers in our area. Man, that sounds really nice to hear you say that. Um, I was having a conversation on the phone with a grocery store near me and asking them how many dozen eggs they could sell and how many I could produce and how many chickens I should order. And they were like, well, call us when you have too much. Hmm. And I was like, hey, man, we're in this together. Um, totally. So it's really nice to hear you feel comfortable with your local market. That's a huge, mm -hmm. uh, huge um, uh, support, I think. Yeah, absolutely, and I think you know one of that is a result of one thing that's not quite so great around here is that there are the food producers are fairly limited, especially on the coast. Um, so we're the largest food producer, and we certainly produce a lot of food, but there aren't a, we don't have a lot of competition. Um, so part of the reason we have such ample market opportunities because while there are a lot of amazing people on the coast growing food, it's there's not the abundance um, that, you know, might not be best for our distribution networks, but would be wonderful for the communities around here. So let's, um, let's one question I have, just because of the name of the farm, Flowers by the Sea, mm -hmm. suggests that you're growing flowers. Is it easier? It seems like people, a lot of people grow flowers in coastal areas. Is that because the um, more temperate region is better for the flowers? Yeah, uh, it certainly is. It's a very forgiving climate for not just the flowers, but also the vegetables. Um, but we, while we do grow a lot of food, we are certainly known for our flowers. And Kermit Car Carter, the current owner, um, it's been a passion of his uh, since he was a child growing flowers with his father and having a business down in Malibu. Um, moving forward as a farm, I'm much more interested in, in the food side of things. I think the flowers are important for the aesthetics of the farm, and people certainly love them at the markets. But as as far as uh, us moving forward as a farm, I'm definitely more interested in uh, increasing our food production. Um, okay, explain that a little bit. Is that because flowers, people aren't willing to spend more on flowers than they would on flowers that are coming from Ecuador? Is that because in a down economy, uh, people aren't buying recreational plant material as much? Well, that's not true, that people are buying plenty of pots. But, but flowers are a different kind of recreational plant. Yeah. Um, no, um, what's we, the, what, uh, we have the market um, for flowers. It's, a, it's an interesting question. Um, and, you know, we do, a, we do good plant sales. We not only sell cut flowers, but we also have one of the most diverse 
uh, supplies of salvia plants and a number of other um, potted flowers that we sell in individual containers in, in the spring and summer months. Um, we do sell quite a large amount of the flowers. I, personally, um, as moving forward as a farm and getting other young people he, in here working and providing education for the community, I'm just per- personally more interested in the edible um, side of farming and the sustenance that that gives. Um, and so it's, it's not really that the market isn't there. It's more just we can only do so much um, on the land that we have, and I would prefer to um, dedicate most of that to food production or herb production. And are you all alone in facing this um, production and the transition and the marketing and the business planning? Are you having to take all this on to your own shoulders, or um, is there more of you? So that's been one of the most challenging things for me. I certainly have a lot of support um, in the community and from friends and family helping me here and there along the way. But um, as far as the everyday um, sort of operations and in research and communication, I'm certainly um, taking the brunt of that um, on myself. and so that, that is definitely making it more challenging. Also, you know, I, I've heard you talk about this a lot um, in articles and interviews and so forth. I'm, I'm certainly feeling the pressure of the high land value here um, being a challenge and prohibitive to sort of moving forward agriculturally. Um, and I haven't well, had a whole lot of success cracking that nut um, with some of the more experienced people in the community that have tried to do easements or land trust buys uh, or other transitions of property. So the issue that you're facing right now is that the farmer wants to retire. He'd like for you to keep, keep continuing on with the farm operation, but, the, but there's so much of his own equity tied up in the farm that he probably needs some of that equity to retire on. Is that the situation? Exactly. And, uh, you know, he's not even looking to retire uh, completely in life. It's just the, the physical nature of the, the agricultural production has taken its toll on his health. And uh, he and his wife would still like to, you know, have a flower food nursery, but on a, on a much more manageable scale. Um, but like many farmers his age, his equity is what he has paid off on his land and therefore, you know, needs to um, <clears throat> receive some of that in compensation as he transitions the farm. You know, it's funny. I was just, as, you're, as I'm listening to you, I'm like, why don't we create some kind of like federal slush fund that pays out farmer retirement money and pays out a little, you know, young farmer Kickstarter fund? Wouldn't it be amazing if we had just like a big pot of money in the sky that would you know, provide basically retirement to these farmers and and almost like treat them like firemen or, or, or military service members who, you know, have veteran packages, like veterans farmer slush fund. Because no, I... it seems like it's just such a um such a big issue with all these gray haired farmers who are many of them the pioneers in of organic agriculture and they're all just coming to a point where um, you know, their their mind is willing, but the body has been doing this work for a long time, and it deserves a rest. 
No, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think, you know, as, as a country, we undervalue our farmers immensely, and there isn't the safety net um, for them that we provide for so many other industries um, and services. And we absolutely need to take stronger steps to provide um, a fallback and retirement plan for our nation's farmers. Yeah, that gives me some good ideas. I'm going to have to work on that a little bit off air. Think about how to formalize that request to the um, the powers that be. Um, well, let's let's talk about let's talk about the shape of the farm that you would like to make and 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 what research you've done and and like what institutions you've talked to in trying to overcome um, you know this this logistical hurdle that you're facing. Um, and continuing this farm, like how have you approached that? And, and just share with other farmers who may be facing, you know, a similar land tenure, you know, generation gap, um, what your process has been. Absolutely. Um, so originally, um, being more interested in community rather than ownership and education than profit, I was most inspired by the possibility of reducing the value of the land by putting it into some sort of conservation easement or land trust, um, but quickly learned that that wasn't necessarily going to be viable because um, Kermit, the owner, need, needed to be reimbursed for his uh, debt beyond what the conservation would allow in a sale. So from moving forward from there, um, in wanting this to be a community farm, I've sort of kind of built a business plan, um, styled more in uh, a grant application form um, to present to the local community, and I've talked to a number of young professionals, older professionals of all different walks of life in our local community asking for their advice and support and sort of reaching out to bring more hands and minds involved. And I've had, you know, limited... um, success with that overall, but I've also just had an amazing experience um, in my interactions with different people. Um, we have a wonderful, wonderful coastal organization called the Noyo Food Forest out of Fort Bragg, um, which is a community food group that focuses on education. They run a number of programs in our high school, uh, junior high, and larger community. Um, and have a, a beautiful growing food garden that is expanding daily, weekly. Every time I pass through, it's just amazing how much more uh, infrastructure they've kind of moved on. And one of their big goals as an organization, and they're still a fairly new organization as far as farming goes, because there's a reason that farms are multi-generational and take years and years to build up the infrastructure and means to sort of become what we think of as the American farm. But one of their big missions is to create a number of working farms in the area to, cre- um, to provide a food security or sovereignty for our coast. Um, and so I've been working, trying to work with them to find potential collaborations uh, to the point where, you know, we could almost become an arm of the Noyo Food Forest and organize ourselves as a nonprofit um, in some sort of organizational capacity 
Um, so they've been a great resource and uh, support for me moving forward. Um, another of other organizations is California Farm Link out of Sonoma County. Sonoma County is probably one of the most progressive counties in the whole country as far as um, protecting and providing for farmers in their rights. Um, most of that's come through easements and land trusts, which I've talked about isn't viable for our farm, but they also provide support, professional support in a number of other ways and have <clears throat> helped me think through some of my ideas it's, um, over the past number of months. I mean, I'm, it's funny. It's like... um. I feel like a lot of the work that we've been doing with Greenhorns comes from me trying to um, provide evidence and proof to myself and my family um, and my kind of, I don't know, the, like the society at large that farming is possible and that everyone who's doing it is awesome and that we're, you know, making really brave economic decisions with our lives that yield um, satisfying careers and can be sustainable and will lead to a more durable democracy and all this, you know, type of big talk. And, um, and having as a result to spend, you know, lots and lots of hours a week managing whole bunches of systems and new media communications and stuff. And, you know, basically running a nonprofit. And it's, it's funny because it seems like a lot of other people who are facing issues in farming or farm transition or um, getting themselves trained up for a particular kind of farming, like horse farming or seed farming, they end up having to start nonprofits or, you know, organizations or educational programs or getting of doing it as a PhD program or, you know, just getting really serious and institutional about um, our learning because it is really quite a challenge. Absolutely. I think, so, you know, I, I've... I oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, nothing. I just say I applaud you for taking it on. Thank you. Um, you know, I've certainly been through a, a lot of those same conversations with my family and friends and other people. Uh, I think one of the, the major difference um, or something that I've certainly felt in the Young Farmers Movement um, since I've been a part of it in the last few years is that Rather than perhaps, you know, referencing a generation below what, or before when a lot of our parents uh, and friends and others kind of moved back to the land and, and tried to build a more sustainable vision for themselves, ended up dropping out from society, or that was part of their vision, was to sort of turn away from organized society and so forth. And I think one of the unique things that's happening right now is rather than dropping out, we're accepting the same values but trying to plug ourselves back into the system in much more uh, institutional, institutionally sustainable ways. Yeah, it's like we're, not only do we want to start farms from scratch, like, you know, without cash, we also seem like we want to start a whole new set of nonprofits and institutions and schools and training facilities and mentorship. And I just, it's amazing how much ambition we have to change the system. I, um, considering that we're like many of us, the children of Bush and Reagan generation, I'm, I'm just constantly 
amazed by our willingness to like get ourselves tangled up in bureaucracy for what we believe in. I think it's awesome. Awesome and frustrating at the same time. <laughs> well, we're all frustrated together. It kind of makes it funny. Yeah. Um, man, I'm looking at the Madrone berries. They are, they're just going off this year. Yeah, it's going to be a weird uh, a very vigorous season in all walks. You know, Northern California was in quite the drought for the last few years, and we just we had a very, very wet spring, which was made uh, spring crops in the season very difficult on a lot of farmers, but at the same time was much needed and has just created a vigorous, lush uh, season on the whole um, for Northern California, and that's been greatly appreciated and needed, certainly. Well, hopefully this, you know, having a recession right here at the beginning of our professional lives and having to deal with um, what that means in the marketplace and um, also just the kind of new levels of anxiety, professional anxiety that we as a generation are facing, I feel like it's a little bit like a drought, <laughs> makes yeah. you toughen up. Absolutely, and forces us to get creative and sort of buckle down and figure out what's most important as our as a society and as our generation moves forward. What, how do we want to stamp um, ourselves into history? And you know, it, with every challenge, provi- opportunity is provided. And I think that uh, I certainly feel inspired by the Young Farmers Network and other you know young people sacrificing. Um, certain professional avenues that are more perhaps accepted in the mainstream culture to stand up for what they believe in and, and, and you know, and sweat it out in the fields or in however, you know, they may plug themselves into the activist world. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And today, like today, when all the little green grasses are coming through the, the dried hillsides and there's bees buzzing around and the grapes are all hanging down, and there's figs. It's like, why would I want to do anything else? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, um, it's nice to catch you on such a um, beautiful day, and I don't want to take much more of your time. Do you want to um, just call out, do you have a blog or web presence or a way that you, if people wanted to, you know, know more about what you've learned or get in yeah, touch about so, stuff that's going on the coast? Totally. So uh, you... It, it, generally in life, uh, I've been quite new media savvy. However, with this project, um, my o- our online presence is not incredibly strong. Um, but I can be reached uh, for questions or comments um, at samuel.carlin, K-A-R-L-I-N, at gmail.com. And soon we will have um, our website up at Foggy Moon Farm. Dot com, which is going to be the new working name of the farm moving forward. Uh, again, that's Foggy Moon Farm. Um, we're biodynamic, and so, uh, which is largely dependent on the lunar cycle, so that's where the moon comes from. And being on the coast, um, it's quite foggy here much of the year. So um, we call ourselves Foggy Moon Farm for now. And soon we'll have some photos and basic information up about what's going on here at foggymoonfarm.com. 
Well, right on, Samuel. It's so nice to have met you and um, over at the mixer, and um, I look forward to staying in touch in the bio region and um, to seeing how things go with you. And just, you know, if there's any other way that green hunts can be useful, um, let us know. And if you learn stuff that you think will be useful to other greenhorns, let us know that too. Absolutely. Thank you so much for all your work and organization. Um, and Thank definitely you so much. look forward to super collaboration. Future collaboration. Well, to, to a life shared um, together, working the same country. Cheers. Didn't know we were there. But we were going out and coming in to and fro. 